Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. With me today is a special guest by the name of Brandon Neely, and you already know me, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, the founder and host of this platform. Let me tell you a little bit more about my guest, Brandon, so you know what you're in for. Brandon Neely is an entrepreneur, profit first, and bank on yourself professional and the co-host of Wealth Wisdom Financial Podcast with his wife, Amanda Neely. They founded and managed Overflow Coffee Bar L3C from 2008 through 2018. Now they share their experiential knowledge through podcasting and through development um, personalized financial strategies for individuals and couples and profitability strategies for business. And today, Brandon and I are going to be talking about all things finance. He's going to get into how to be your own CFO and do it successfully, as well as how to run a profitable business. But without further ado, let's bring on the man behind it all, Brandon Neely. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here, Genesis. My pleasure, Brandon. And before we dive into your subject matter expertise and your baby, the topics you love to go into depth, I definitely want to give the audience a chance to connect with you in a fun and personal way. So do you know what's next or should I tell you? Uh, I think you have actually rapid fire or the deep dive or something like that. Um, I'm going to go with the one question. I could do both. Um, or I should let you choose. That doesn't, I I'm ready for both. Okay. Since you, since you want to do the one question, we'll do the breaking the ice. So I want you to share something crazy that you have done in your life, Brandon, or you could share something fun and interesting about yourself. And if you're feeling generous, you could combine both. I mean, I have so many, like my life. And I I was thinking about this with my bio. I'm like, I need to add some more to my bio. Uh, so little craziness for me is uh, I'm, I'm a former Marine. So I was in the Marine Corps, uh, when I graduated, like high school, joined the hardest service ever because I wanted to make a difference. And I didn't watch full metal jacket in advance. Uh, I should have, and I probably would have joined the air force. I think you had somebody on that joined the air force, uh, because it was easier. And I was like, man, I should have done that. Um, but I didn't. Uh, and then I went into the music industry, worked with some big time celebrities, uh, and that was amazing and fun. And, and I also realized that it blackens your soul a little bit. So I was like, I got to get out of that. Uh, and from there, um, started my own uh, coffee shop business. And I, I really don't know how many people, like I know a few people who are coffee shop owners, but I've heard so many people say, ooh, that sounds like a great idea. I want to open up a coffee shop and very few actually do it. So those are pretty good. And, and they taught me a lot of what to do, what not to do. I wish I would have just went into the financial services area or learning uh, when I was like 30 instead of, you know, 45. 
but uh, really taking what I've learned to help people like manage cash flow and, and actually succeed in their business because most most businesses actually fail. So uh, that's a little bit about me. Did I answer all those questions? Is, is that right? Yeah, super cool. So I thought uh, you transitioning from the Marine to um, music, that is different and interesting. And then owning a coffee shop, because I think it's so cool to just kind of be in like a cool, quaint coffee shop. You meet so many people. And if you like to like meet new people and you love coffee and et cetera, it's like, why not? And um, your wife, Amanda, and you were in the business for 10 years. So what made y'all exit the coffee business? Yeah, so um, a couple of things that I, I've learned in doing this. Oh, sorry. Um, pause for a second. My bad. I thought I was on mute. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, go ahead with your question. I Let's say your question again. I had totally missed it. So um, since you and Amanda owned your coffee business for 10 years, what made you transition out of ownership with the coffee business? Yeah, I think in, in some of those like past experiences, you, you really put in your, like with the Marine Corps, you put in your time and you know it's an end, right? Uh, music, I gave it like five years of, of just really pushing forward and saying, all right, is this going to work or not? Um, with the uh, business, we knew what we wanted to accomplish. And also, um, just like you, I, we, we were... We had a, a flood in the business. Literally, um, the the roof was off of the coffee shop for a little while. Like, um, and there was some repairs, and there was a major storm that happened. And we were called in, and we were in a co working space, so we were just tenants. But um, but we the store literally fell apart, like overnight. Like it was closed for a while, uh, and it was it just sucked. So running in after we had left, staff had called me. I thought it was going to be like not major, but it was. Uh, and and at the same time, I found out that my wife, uh, like just after the flood happened, my wife is a couple months pregnant. And we're like, hmm, um, something's got to change. Uh, and we were on a year-to-year lease in the business, which is a coffee shop, brick and mortar. You want a longer lease time and a guy kept asking me uh what's your price what's your what's your number to sell and I was like one day he came and I was like hey what's your price because I was like a little fed up with the flood uh and all of that and knowing I'm having a baby because it's illegal to have a baby behind the bar right uh, you can't necessarily do that so um so we said well we're gonna sell it and so we sold it and ended up um, in the financial services of all things from business ownership of that. Um, and it was, it was crazy. I love that we did it. And I also realized it is a hard job because, you know, as, as, as you start a business, usually, especially in a brick and mortar, you're last to get paid. You know, all the staff, everybody else, you got to do all this. And, and we've had some heartaches. But um, that, and that's why we're in finance now. But um, we we realized 
we needed to change our behavior because also um, I can't have my kid eating ramen. I can do that as a, as a starving entrepreneur, right? And doing all of that, um, I have different responsibilities. So that's really what led me to make the pivot. Amazing. And that's going to build up to the next question, because whenever you are a business owner, there's a lot of things that you learn becoming a business owner that other people do not teach you. And there's not necessarily a one-stop shop playbook that fits every business owner. So now the work that you're doing is um, helping CFOs, helping people be profitable because sometimes when people get into business and they end up selling their business, they don't make a profit off of their business. So you need to know how to make your business scalable, how to make your business a three to five times it's worth. So whenever you do sell it, you walk away with some profits and some that you could begin to diversify the money that you received in order to apply it back to something else that you want to build into. So let's talk about being a a CFO. Oh, and for those of you listening in, a CFO is a chief financial officer. So how can you be your own CFO and do that successfully? Because there's a lot of moving pieces that go involved, that are involved in it, and then you become involved. So it's like, have you ever heard the saying, Brandon, sometimes you go from working in your business to working on your business? Well, and a lot of times people say, oh, sales, I just need to make more money. You know, do all of that. And as a business owner, a small business, big business, oftentimes uh, we wait and say, well, I need a CFO now. And I, I believe that in our marriages and our, our um, personal finance and business finance, we need to have a CFO role in every kind of relationship there uh, because money is impacting every piece of our life, right? Uh, and so I talk to clients all the time. They're like, I don't know. I don't even know what my dreams are, what this is. And, and there's no like um, trajectory of where they want to accomplish what they want to do. They just say, I'm going to move forward and do this. And a lot of business owners are like, yeah, I'll just do sales, but I don't like numbers. And I like, you know, as a business owner, if you're a business owner, you need to be comfortable with numbers uh, from marketing metrics to how much cash flow is going out and are you bringing more in than going out? And that's a uh, mark of a healthy business is when you have more coming in, less going out, right? Uh, And I would argue that the reason we're in a uh, challenging situation globally is because we don't know how to think about money in a healthy way. Globally, economic and all over the place it's just horrible yeah so whenever I think about money like money sometimes can be a hard discussion depending if someone does not have that right relationship with money like you said Brandon so it's like okay money money is not a hard subject you just have to understand your wants versus your needs when it comes to money Mm -hmm. how Like, how is your business performing? What are those KPIs, those key performance indicators? Do you need to find a business coach? Do you need to get a new accountant? And know enough about money that way you could do the the due diligence behind your accountant and et cetera. Because whenever you're working in your business, your goal there is to understand every piece of your business, not to become a subject matter expertise because that may not be your zone of genius, but to know enough so whenever you do bring someone in who it 
is their expertise, you know enough to be semi-dangerous and you know how to make sure that someone is not screwing you over. And then the minute that something does not align on your balance sheet, it should be an alarm system that's going off and saying, hey, something is not right. I need to dive into this further. But how many business owners actually take the, the time to do that? If you have more money going out the door than you're saving or bringing in, that's a problem. Yeah. Well, and I, I see this all the time on like, you know, we're a million dollar business or we're a seven or eight figure business. And what I want to know, literally, whenever I hear this, okay, I've seen million dollar businesses, um, literally uh, like Amazon businesses. And I'm like, hmm, uh, you are not making any money off of this business and you need to, to stop. Yeah, yeah, you have a million dollars going through your hands, but you're keeping next to nothing and you're going into debt to help maybe Jeff Bezos or, or whoever else. And so when you run a, a healthy business, you wanna kind of look at the numbers like, like marketing uh, to be able to know what decisions need to be made. And some is just not even from a financial standpoint, time, right? We need to be ruthless about those things. And, and have you ever heard of the 80-20 rule? Yeah. So you keep, um, no, no. What is it? You save 20% and you keep 80, 80% and live off of that. Is that right? All right. Well, 80-20, 20% of what you do probably matters, right? 80% of what you're doing doesn't, right? And so, um, and I haven't touched about savings or anything like that. But if, if I'm building a healthy business, learning what's working and what's not, and I'm keeping an idea of the numbers and the marketing alongside it, kind of, we will be able to say, okay, this is what's providing the results. Let's put more towards that versus subscriptions that we never look at anymore. And we forgot that we got that because uh, we get, we as entrepreneurs and business owners have shiny object syndrome and we forget that we bought this course, we we're going to do all this crazy stuff, never happened, and we're still paying 5000 a, a year for something, right? You know, uh, that happens, right? So how do you position that? Well, you need to know your numbers. Wow. And I just can't, like, I'm over here like, wow, how do you not pay attention to where you're investing and know like if you're getting a ROI, a return on investment. And I just feel, I just feel like personally, this is no disrespect or discredit to anyone. I just think that's poor practice. If you don't understand where your money is going and how is that investment helping you and how is it going to help you really create that return on investment. So Brandon, based on like the different businesses that you've worked with, how can someone be an effective CFO? Well, I think um, one piece of being a business owner is you are your biggest investment. Uh, I love, you know, some of the market, but we, we divest from our own thing, uh, businesses and stuff. And we divest from there to invest in Tesla stock or something on, on that lines. And then we say, oh, it went down and went up. And, and this is why we're, we've created a globalized kind of thing, but yet we love local economy kind of, it's kind of weird, but like, how do you, one, take care of your best asset, you, right? And make sure that your best asset, regardless of what happens, you are in a place of, of 
uh, power, I guess you could say, right? Because we give away power all the time with what we buy and what we do, right? So uh, that's why I love what I do with the infinite banking uh, concept and, and banking yourself, which is, of all things, a high cash value life insurance policy. Now, the reason I put money into that as a small business owner is I needed a place to build stability, savings in case I need it, access before I'm 59 and a half. So in case, I don't know, a flood happens, I can access that um, cash value and overcome the flood, right? Or opportunities like buying a house. Like I bought my house and I did 20% down, used my life insurance policy as, as cash value and paid it back and I'm now recycling the money. So in, in business ownership, we need to really start thinking like a bank because we're all in the banking business, right? And, and even when you have a credit card, and I tell this to, to clients all the time, do you realize with that credit card is 25% interest, you're working for that bank for 25% of the time, right? Um, that's insane. We would never do that, but yet that's what we do because we don't think about how cash flow works. Wow, you brought up a very valid point because I didn't think about it from the life insurance um, perspective. And I, a lot of people are using life insurance now, whether it's short-term or long-term. I can't remember which one gives you that cash value and they're pulling from that and they're paying that back because it has a lower interest rate versus pulling from a 401k and then having to pay that back. And sometimes even if you pull from a 401k too, you get penalized. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's all of that that goes in there, uh, having access before you're 59 and a half, uh, all this retire early stuff, like now what's happening in the market. And I don't know when, when this will be released, but, but the market is very volatile, right? And all the people that are like in that fire movement world of saying, you know, financial independence retire early. Well, now the market is tanking and they're saying, well, you're just going to have to work more. I'm like, well, I don't want to have that somebody else telling me what I have to do or not. I want to be able to do what I want to do when I'm, uh, you know, now, right? Anyway, uh, that's part of the, the whole market world. It's, it's kind of like brainwash, I feel like somewhat. But at the same time, like, and why I love profit first is putting profit first instead of, um, you know, the expenses and, and costs and all that. And then you have profit. But like, how do you build a profitable business? We want dividends when we put in the stock market, right? But if you have a healthy business, you get profit distributions every quarter because you ran a healthy business. That's awesome. And you get to spend it on stupid stuff, right? You know, but um, don't start spending on stupid stuff before you've actually have a profitable business. Yeah. And I was just going to ask, how do you really build and maintain a profitable business? And I know one of the books you like to recommend is the book behind you on your shelf called Profit First. But I feel like I think more people need to know how to run a profitable business. And that goes hand in hand with how to be your own CFO. Because once you have the right relationship with the money and you have certain principles that make a steady foundation, then that would also help you drive profits and be effective with your stewardship. Would you agree? Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons we sold the, the coffee shop, 
right? We were like, man, this is never going to be sufficient enough for where we want to go, right? And MJ DeMarco wrote a book, The Millionaire Fast Lane. And I'm, I'm not about just being wealthy. Like I believe wealth is more than just money. It's wealth in relationships, wealth in a lot of areas. But I was like, hmm, this is not going to get me where I want to go. I had a um, guy that, a mentor, and he's like, we, we said how awesome we are. And he's like, well, how much are you paying yourself? And we're like, well, that, that doesn't matter. Um, and that we were, you know, kind of going away from that event a little uh, deflated because we had run a successful business, right? But we weren't paying ourselves a fair wage yet. But, but yet we love, um, you know, ethical economics and all that, but we weren't taking care of ourselves. So as a business owner, making sure that you do that and you don't get there overnight. So with Profit First, um, key performance measurements for, for a healthy business, 30% is operation expense, right? 30%, 15% is taxes, 5% is profit, and uh, 50% is owner's pay. 50% of your business should be owner's pay, right? Um, and the, then you run... 30% on your business. That's going to be a lean business, right? The lean startup idea. And then if you've created a lean business and you know the 80-20 rule, you'll amplify what's working and you'll hopefully get rid of what's not. But a lot of emotion goes into all of this, right? So having the metrics, the numbers are going to tell me, my wife is the bookkeeper, but um you know, and all of this, but the metrics will tell me, can we do this or not? And sometimes because I have good numbers, yeah, I can do money on stupid stuff, but I don't start there. I'm over here laughing because the way you said it really quick, you're like, and my wife is a bookkeeper. And then you just go on because sometimes it's like the man, the man is ends up being the bookkeeper versus the woman, because sometimes women, we could be led with our emotions. But I like that um, you're you and your wife work together as a team and it's a partnership and y'all balance each other out. And I like the fact that you mentioned not spending money on stupid stuff because the stupid stuff are wants. You don't necessarily need it. You want it and it makes you feel good. But if it's not something that is going to help you advance, whether it's personally or professionally, then you really need to evaluate why you're striving for that thing that you want want is it that shiny object is it going is the value going to appreciate or is the value going to depreciate and how is it going to help you and I feel like once you really start asking yourself those hard questions then you start to realize that you don't need to spend your money on that object or thing yeah we have a acronyms we love acronyms in what, what we do uh or maybe in the world right now, we all love acronyms. Um, and I'll give you one that I feel like people are experiencing a lot now. Uh, confusing, right? Haphazard, anxious, overwhelming, and stressful, right? How, what does that spell? Sorry, I was on mute. You said confusing? Haphazard. Haphazard. Anxious. Anxious. overwhelming and stressful overwhelming and stressful chaos yep <laughs> and in our economy in the market 
we don't even know what the heck we're right. Go invest in crypto, go invest in this, go buy a bunch of houses, right? Whatever, who knows? And it's confusing. I think the tax code is built to confuse us. Uh, and that uh, author wrote, Donald Miller, he says, uh, if you confuse, you lose. Uh, and I believe there's a lot of people who are confused and they don't want to be unconfused. They want to just get it fed to them. And my hope in what we do is say, take 100% responsibility for your actions, your money, your life. Um, don't just trust that Dave Ramsey knows everything uh, because maybe he's wrong, right? Uh, and and think about what are the vehicles I want to do? What is it going to create for me? And that leads into uh, what we've called uh, the still method, which we are people of faith, right? And so we've thought about spiritual practices, right? And, you know, you go to church and, and you do that whole thing. You, you read the Bible or you get exercise. It's all like practices, right? But we don't create practices around our money, right? Or we say, well, that's, it feels bad. It's budgeting, it's like dieting and all that. But we created this acronym called um, Still Method. And you can go to stillmethod.com. We're still working on, we're going to write a book on it someday, but the S is set your sights, right? If most people, and I see this a lot in business ownership and in general, we don't actually know where we want to go, right? We just kind of, well, eventually it's going to happen. I'm going to be a millionaire and there's no like plan towards that. Uh, so you have to have a goal. You have to set sights of where you want to go. How do you want to have a marriage or, or you're, you're about to have a baby, like, right? Say your sites, what kind of parent mom do you want to be? Like, how is that going to look? And then you track your in and out, whether it's money, whether it's, um, you know, time with your husband, I don't know, whatever. Tracking, are we on point for that? That's the S, then the T. The I is inspect your progress. You actually have to look at it uh, inspect and say, all right, what are we doing? What, what's happening there? Then you look for 1% adjustments. None of these rich people or in general just happened overnight. And maybe, maybe they had a rich relative that got them there or whatever, but, um, you look for 1% adjustments and you make those adjustments, right? That's why I like, again, profit first, looking for 1% adjustments and live deliberately. Right. And you do that on a cycle, right? Set your sights, track, inspect, look for 1% adjustments and live deliberately. Whether it's a life insurance policy that fits into this, I, I think it should in most cases, um, whatever, that gives you the framework of what kind of life you want to end up with. I like that because what you just explained, it also goes into practicing that mindfulness, really be mindful mm -hmm. of the activities that you're doing. And then also starting with the end in mind and reverse engineering it will allow you to take the steps in order to know which vehicles you need to navigate in order yeah. to reach your end goal. So thank you so much for sharing those acronyms, Brandon, the chaos from chaos to being still. So, um, Brandon, we're going to jump into the CTA. So the call to action. What is your call to action for our audience today? Yeah, my biggest call to action is um, know your numbers. I don't care who you are, if you're not even in a business, right? And you're single mom, know your numbers, right? Um, and 
and have a team around you, maybe a team of financial advisors and people that think differently than each other, right? Having a tax person and, a, and I'm a safe money guy, right? I don't, I'm not against Wall Street, but I'm the safety guy that's going to build strong foundation. That's why we're in a crazy world because people have built their uh, foundations, maybe upside down, their pyramids that are going to topple soon. And we want to build a solid foundation. So, um, you know, think also for me, my biggest take thing to, for people to think about is wealth is not always money. When I designed and thought about our podcast, it's wealth, wisdom, financial. Financial is helpful, right? We want that. But wealth is like having time with your family, right? Uh, and you, you're ruthless about that stuff. Uh, and so wealth, wisdom, financial, go to the YouTube channel, download, watch stuff, uh, and go to the still method, stillmethod.com to implement that. And we'll eventually have a book or something, you know, it's all in our head, um, you know, but we gotta, we gotta actually do it. You know, after my wife gets her CFP, that's the next, uh, big project. Amazing. And thank you for sharing that. So I'll have stillmethod.com in the show notes and Wealth Wisdom Financials. I know you have a YouTube channel, so I'll also put that in the show notes. And Brandon, are y'all on any social media platforms that you would like to share? Yeah, you just look up those. Uh, if you download Still Method, you'll find the different things. We're kind of in the um, a transition. So Grandma's Wealth Wisdom is what our business name is. Uh, and where our like socials are. Um, but if you go to those places, you look up grandma's wealth wisdom. Eventually we're going to switch that over the tagline for that business, which we liked when we first started, but we were more confident in, in ourselves. So we were like, yeah, we don't need grandma anymore. Um, we do, but, uh, the tagline was some, it is sometimes intelligence skips a generation. Uh, they were better at savings, uh, and all of that than we are. Um, and so that's kind of where the name came from, but look me up, look up Brandon Neely. I'm not the Guantanamo Bay guy. Um, you know, look me up and you'll find me, you know. Amazing. And Brandon, I want to thank you so much for just coming into the GEMS community and just sharing your knowledge and expertise with the audience. Audience, uh, once again, Brandon's contact information will be in the show notes. So read and scroll on down to see his info. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms. And you could also see this video recording on our YouTube channel by going to GEMS. G-E-M-S with Genesis Amars Kemp. So until the next guest, next episode, peace, love, and lots of blessings. And thank you for tuning in and your continuous support. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-S, at gmail.com 
where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast. <laughs>